Continuing on with Women in Strong Leadership, Audrey Holst came to me through the network of women coaches I've met, which all started with Lisa Pachens, who you can hear on episode 20. And once again, Lisa, thank you so much. So now I bring you Audrey Holst. Audrey Holst, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, John. Yeah, I am really happy to have you here. So Audrey kind of has come through, you know, there, you know, it's a friend of a friend kind of a thing. And we can talk a little bit about that. But right off the top, I want to let you know you can get to find out all about her at fortitudeandflow.com. And my first question is going to be obviously fortitude and flow. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to explain? Blame that? Sure. So would you like its origin story? Because I feel like that's a piece of the, uh, I think that's, that's a piece always of the important. story. Yeah. Yeah. So a chunk of time ago, a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago at this point, I was rebranding. So mm-hmm. my first brand was Uncommon Zen. And it felt resonant at the time. And I actually I had a trademark on the brand. <laughs> Uh, But as I was using it, I was feeling like I was basically appropriating the Zen piece, feeling like I'm not a Zen Buddhist. This is not what I teach. It's not really in alignment with what I I do. And and this could really be problematic. And it's not what I want to do. So sounds like you wanted to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to stick to stick to what's it, right? So I uh, I was having a conversation with my coach. We were rebranding. We were the whole thing, the, ch- the colors, the web, right? Everything was changing. And uh, my coach at the time, Alana Burke, is brilliant with words. She's one of those people that has such a talent for naming things, which I feel mm. like is a very particular talent. It is. Yeah. It is. And so she was just basically, tell me about what you're just talk at me, right? Like, let's just talk at me and let's see what comes out. So I was talking a lot about, I think we started the things that that stick out in my mind. I can remember I was sitting in my car and we were having this conversation, right? We're having this conversation. I was sitting in a parking lot in my car, right? The way that we remember things. And I was just describing things that I thought were really interesting and pieces of my work that I thought were valuable. And I was talking about the body, how there's always an aspect of stillness and there's always an aspect of movement. There's an aspect of strength and there's an aspect of softness. I was always seeing these, and I don't really love the word balance, but this interactivity, right? This interaction between something being grounded and solid and something being more ethereal and hard to grasp. And these aspects and everything in between, it's just funny, the conversation we were having prior, it's an element of everything. And so that's where the fortitude and the flow came from. And it's actually become the basis of the framework that I use with clients also, the fortitude and the flow process. But that's the origin story is is this, I don't want to even say dual nature, but the, the different elements that come in to really like the natural world in all different ways. Yeah, it's a very physical thing. Kinesthetic is what it feels like to me. Duh, that's all kinesthetic right there. Yes. So it's yeah. nice to have something that's grounded in ground and, you know, that's just solid. That's yes. what it, it feels very, very solid to me. Yeah. Yeah. And energetic at the same time. I agree with you. I mean, and it's one of those things that it's continued to be the, such a good fit year after year after year. I'm like, this mm. is, it just, it says what it needs to say and it, it continues to land. And yeah, I'm so grateful for her, her wordsmithery. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody needs a coach. Would you agree? hundred percent. 
Yeah. So before we start talking about coaching, because that's kind of part of the reason I wanted to have a conversation with you is you have a gorgeous background on a beautiful blue wall for those people that can't see it. So talk to me a little bit about what's there. Okay. So for those that can't... And and you might... Yeah, exactly. For those that can't see it. Yes. For those that can't see it, I've got this beautiful blue background. It it translates a little bit more blue on video than... It's a little bit more teal. The name of this color is Wipeout. It's the only room that got painted, actually, when we moved into the house. And I, I really debated the color for a while, but I'm super happy with it. And I don't often see people with colored backgrounds. So it's kind of a distinguishing feature of me. I'm standing at my standing desk. I like to stand because I'm a pretty antsy person. Sitting Mm -hmm. doesn't really work for me. I've got a maroon chair over one shoulder. And over my other shoulder, there's a couple of aspects that I want to draw your attention to. I've got this actual authentic beaver stick Mm -hmm. that is hanging from the wall. I actually have a bit of an obsession with beavers. So here it is. This was actually fished out of a out of a lake somewhere <laughs> on one of our trips. And then we have Ariana. Ariana Grande actually was named by a friend of mine. It's actually some, it's moss hanging off of the beaver stick. Ah. And uh, I've got a bunch of pictures behind me. Um, a lot of these pictures, actually, the one over my one shoulder was from my local Buy Nothing Network, Great. which I just love. It's just this community of people who say, I've got this thing who wants it, or I've got this thing who needs it, or Mm. I need this thing. Does anybody have it? And somebody had gifted this beautiful picture. And I was like, oh, those fish are cool. Buy nothing network. Now, is that an online or face to face? I mean, is that a real thing or? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually all over the place. It's like hyper local people. It's like, for instance, my town is, or, or my city has maybe two of them. It's not that the city's not that big, but you know, one, there's like the South side section, which is mine. And then there's like the North section. And and we kind of just kind of keep to our little section. Everybody's almost within walking distance of each other. And Uh yeah, it's a cool little network. People just give and take and help each other. And it's great. I love it. It sounds like a library box. It kind of is. Yeah. It's sort of like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, my partner is like, we walk together often in the mornings and she'll stop and go, oh, here's a book in the library box I haven't read and I'm interested in. Yeah. So she's like picking up books and leaving books there. And it's really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The uh, teapot over my one shoulder was from there. And I got actually above me as two pieces that were actually done by my tattoo artist actually sent me, sent me some pictures. So I've got I just gifts from people that I like, things that are visually cool. I spend a lot of time on video now, so I like to have I like to have this whole little environment. Sure. For those that can't see, do you know what's behind me? Um, these look like blankets of some sort, um, like tapestries of some sort, different kinds. My guess is maybe they're hand woven, right? They're all different colors. One of them is sort of purple green, like a brick color. There's one that's black and red and white. Mm-hmm. Um I have some guesses, but I'm I'm guessing they were, are they from a particular area maybe? Yes. What they are, are antique Indian blankets. Mm-hmm. So these were actually made on a, a French jacquard loom. Mm. So I lived most of my adult life in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, interesting. And I spent a lot of time, you know, I was a minority, mostly Hispanic and also American Indian. And I was working at a place called Native Jackets at the time, and who had the largest sellable collection of antique Indian blankets in the world. And you oh, could, interesting. and also cool. new ones. And you could walk in, and we had jackets and coats, but I learned to tailor there because you could walk in, pick out a blanket, a new or an antique one, and then 
have a jacket made or a coat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So when I left there and I put in this studio, I have these, you know, sound panels, but I thought, why don't I just use the blankets and see if it works for sound padding? And they work beautifully. Oh, and they look nice. Yeah. So two of the uh, three that you see are actually from early 1920s. Wow. Yeah. And they work really well. And it's just like, I really love your background too. But, you know, people put up these studios and they're very sterile. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got a flower in, in a pot on a table somewhere and something else. And it's just like, I get it. But it's just, you know, I'm not doing that. That's not me. This is me. Yes. Yes, totally. Yeah, it's... And I can see, looking at you, that what I see is you. Yeah, it's another form of expression, right? It's another way that we're expressing ourselves in the, in the world. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Audrey as coach. And I'm kind of curious, have you been, you went through programs and... Mm-hmm. How did you get into coaching and why coaching? There was probably something, some little defining little thing that popped up and said, I want to do this. Yeah. Like a lot of stories around my life, it was a stumbling into. It was like a side street that I walked down and and here it was. So the shortest story of it is that I spent over 16 years of my life in the yoga industry, teaching yoga, managing, owning yoga studios. And so one of the things that was very consistent for me when I would teach is I would talk about relating yoga to life during my classes. It was just one of the things that seemed very natural and normal to me, how everything is interconnected and how you can relate to what you do on your mat to what you do in the world. And that was something that was very important to me because I felt like it was so easy for people. You know, it would happen sometimes where you know, people would get into fights in the parking lot over, you know, it's like, I got to get to my yoga class. I'm running late. And then they're like fighting over parking spots in the parking lot. I'm like, what is going on? It's kind of not the consciousness of yoga. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is the Boston area. This is New England. People are a little bit that way. You know, it's like the attitude of it. I'm from New Jersey originally. So I also, (laughs) it's that whole thing. (laughs) But anyway, so after a class, one of my students came out afterwards and was like, oh my gosh, you should totally be a life coach. And I'm like, what the heck is a life coach? Right. I'd never even heard of that term before. I was like, that is so weird. So as one does, or as I do, at least, I started Googling and I just fell down this rabbit hole. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And I I came upon the program. IPEC was the, the place that I took my coach training from. That stands for the Institute of Professional Excellence and Training. And it really just resonated with me. And I just yeah, was like, yeah. I think it was like 11 o'clock at night on a weekday. And I saw that they had a training coming up. And I was like, let's see, let's check it out. And I mm-hmm. went to their first the first module. And I was like, let's do this. And so in 2014, I just pulled the trigger. It's kind of how I am with things in general. Nice. Yeah. Well, I pretty much put out an intention Mm -hmm. and see what comes back. And it's really, really interesting because, you know, I don't know about you if that's how you roll, but what I find is something will be presented, but it won't quote unquote feel right. It's not, for me, always a head decision. It usually is a heart or somewhere in between. It's got to make like financial sense and things like that. So, Audrey, tell me, what is a life coach? (laughs) It's an excellent question because I think it's a 
right? There's probably some road definition that I could give you right here, but I'm I'm going to take a second with it because I think perhaps how I see myself and what I do may be different than how other life coaches may see themselves and what they do. And I think I think in general, and I'll just speak for how I see myself, I guess, as a life coach, sure. is when there is a particular goal, destination, intention, desire, want, something that you are looking at or feeling towards in your projected future that is very strong and right like you were talking about the head and the heart thing right for me it would or like gut is usually where i would talk about things if there's something that feels like is pulling you towards it on a regular basis and you're feeling like this is something important to me and this is something that i i really want to get towards uh, you know whatever insert word here achieve have right that sort of thing and i feel like the gap is so big that i'm not able to bridge that by myself and i feel like there is having support and uh, somebody who maybe has like can guide me in that direction in a way that's aligned with who I am as an individual. Yeah, that's how I would define life coach in my estimation. That's actually the best definition I've heard yet. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you use the word gut, mm -hmm. so it's got like gut life coach, life coach with guts or something. But it's a it's a <laughs> it's a great great word. I mean, moving, you know, moving from the inside out. That's, that's a lot of what you're talking about, I think, which is that, yes, you know, if you have this thing coming from the inside out, and you're not trying to achieve something that somebody thinks you ought to achieve. And of course, earlier, you said, you know, somebody said you'd make a great life coach. Yeah. But I'm, I'm assuming you took that in and see uh, to see if it resonated or was congruent and uh, maybe you were looking for that piece, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there was something that was, I'm a life, I'm interested in things. Like I'm a lifelong learner. I want to mm -hmm. know about this stuff. I get excited. I want to research. This is sort of a joke between my husband and I, because when we watch a movie, all right, this is, this is how, and, and this is, you know, <laughs> we watch a movie, right? After we watch the movie, I almost immediately want to get on my phone and like, find out the Easter eggs, find out what it was like for people to make the movie, learn about the actors in like, I want to know all the stuff about the thing. It's just sort of how I am. I'm a curious person. I like to know weird stuff. And a lot of this stuff is useless. Like who cares? Right. But I, I that's how I am. I, I want to get in there and learn all the things. Nice. So, um, is that how you are with your clients? Oh yeah. So, okay. So this is one of the things that I, notice a lot in coaching circles, which I think is frustrating to me, is this prescriptive questioning. And for me, a good coach just gets curious and then gets a little bit more curious and they gets more curious about the thing that originally, like they just follow their curiosity. And like, if something is not working for a client, you got to get curious about it. There's something that you're making an assumption about that client about how they think or what their inner world is like, right? It's just getting curious and, and learning what it's like trying to see the world through that client's perspective and their eyes and their experience, right? So it's just about curiosity. It's a huge piece of it. And I think that for a lot of people who have gone through trainings or if they have a certain mentality about things, they get very prescriptive about like what's considered a good question or a strong question or a helpful question. And it's like, I don't know, question asking just seems like a following your curiosity thing to me. Yeah, I do a similar thing. I do like to ask the question 
and then just be quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in podcasting, you know, here's the biggest advice I can give podcasters is just start with what's your story, Audrey, and then be quiet. Can I make, I, I'm about to admit something, John. Yes, I'm a please. little bit, okay. So before I, you know, before I go on a podcast, I listen to the person's podcast, right? Yeah. I listen to maybe podcasts they've been on, right? Yep. And I listened to a podcast that you're on, John, and I couldn't actually listen to more than maybe a few minutes of the podcast because mm-hmm. the person would ask you a question, you would answer it. And they would almost like at the tail end of how you would finish your sentence, they would jump in with another question that was almost felt completely unrelated and almost like they didn't actually hear what you had said. Yep. And I was so frustrated. <laughs> I was so frustrated Yep. that I had to, I had to end it. I was so like, oh my, like, I was just so like, how does this person have a podcast? I was viscerally, you can see me right now. I'm like viscerally irritated. <laughs> Just so you know, Audrey, it's interesting. Oh. I've actually only been on one other person's podcast as a guest. Oh, shoot. So we know oh, who shoot. it is. Unless it was a video podcast. No, like we're I not going to say, say anything, anything else. But we're, we're giving those people that are podcasters or, or uh, podcast guests or somebody that wants to start a podcast, we're giving some gold here, some real, some real gems. And my thing is, if I'm on a podcast and it goes like that again... I'm just going to stop the podcast. I am. Yeah. I'm, you know, seriously. And I'm doing that with guests right now. And, and thank you very much, Audrey, for showing up with a good microphone and a, a, a headset so there's no echo and you sound marvelous. Oh, thank you so much. More tips, more tips. <laughs> yes. So awesome. So let me ask you a question. You ready? I'm expecting a question. I'm ready. You can have one, two, or three of these, and you only need to talk about one, or you can talk about all of them. Okay. But tell me a defining moment in your life where absolutely everything changed. Mm. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is when my mother passed. So my mother passed away when I was in my early 20s. Um, She died of ovarian cancer. And I didn't recognize it at the time. And I think it's one of those things where, right, hindsight is twenty twenty, and also looking back on things like that that happen when you're trying to cope with it in the moment and everything is a certain way in the moment. And then afterwards, the dust settles and you're like, whoa. I think that that was a huge, huge shift, huge impact, huge, yeah, I would say defining moment because I think that who I became after that moment was going to be very different than who I would have been had that not happened, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's that's a big one. Um, and can I comment on it? You can certainly comment on it, yeah. So one thing I became aware of many years ago when my father died was that there's kind of a map. Mm. So when you have a parent, specifically a parent, because it's probably the largest impact, and let's just say they pass away at 80. Or actually, let me take it another way, is let's say they pass away really early, like 40. Mm-hmm. And you get to be for you get to a place where you're 40 years old. You actually, I think it's unconscious, at least that's how I experienced it when I went through this, is that I didn't have a map that went beyond the age that one of my parents lived. Mm-hmm. And it was there was two aspects to it. There was a little bit of anxiety about it. But it, I started to realize that it was quite freeing. 
in a sense, because there, mm-hmm. there were some behaviors maybe in my relationship, like with my father as an example, that um, for whatever reason kind of influenced me mm-hmm. in a way that I wasn't real happy about. Sure. And so when I got to that age, uh, basically when he had passed away, I mean, this hasn't happened because he lived at 89 and I'm not 89. <laughs> I'm just using this as an example is that it's wide open. Right. On the other hand, my father did live to be, I think it was 89, and I'm not 89. So it's like, (laughs) it's really nice to know. And my mother lived, I think, 98. And it's really nice to, yeah, it's like really nice to know I got that going on too. Kind of fun, huh? Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's a really interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing. And especially as, you know, like for instance, when you're talking, the first thing that came to mind is like, if I live, you know, my mother's timeline, I've got 14 years left, right? Like that's, that's just one of those things that is. Hey, Audrey, you better get with it. Well, that's the thing, right? Is like that kind of runs in the background a tiny bit in, in some way, shape or form just to be like, right. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is. Or you could be yeah, nothing. nothing you, could, you also could cons- uh, be competitive about it too. So this is interesting, right? Like this is the thing that's so interesting to me about people and how they live their lives. And, you know, for some people, I think that would be a like, well, I got to do all the things, right? Like I've got to, it could be a really short time period. So I got to like do all the things. And it's not really how I'm built. It's not really how I vibe. It's not really how I move through life. So I think that it's awesome that people live like that, right? Where they're just like go-getters and they, you know, right? It's that whole concept of going after something. And as I sort of said earlier, I, I'm a bit of a take the side road person. Like I'm, I'm walking the general path that I want to enjoy walking on. But like if there's a side quest that comes up and I think it's interesting, I'm not opposed, you know? Yeah, exactly. Are you familiar with the, uh, see if I can get this right, the be, do, have concept? Not specifically. Like it doesn't like ring a bell in my brain when you say that. Yeah. And it's not real firm in me. So I'm not sure I'm going to do anything but mess it up. But the idea is, is that there are a lot of people, especially younger people that approach their life like have, Hmm. do, and then be. In other words, if they look a certain way, if they fake it till they make it, if they look like uh, Tony Robbins, they act like Tony Robbins and they do that, they will have that Mm. versus somebody that actually gets in touch with who they are as a being and then does from that place to have a rich, authentic, meaningful life at the end or towards the end or later on. Totally. Yeah. And I think based on, you know, conversation we had in a prior time, that was like a big part of your journey also, right? Mm -hmm. Is that sort of exploration of B, that whole journey of exploring that concept, I imagine. Yeah. So there was a decision quite a few years ago to basically um, have a quality of life rather than focusing on a standard of living. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, for myself and openly, I had a heart attack. So it's like, that's kind of when a lot of that changed. It's just like, oh, right. you know, it's a matter of the heart. Right. So that's that's what I think a heart attack is. It's not so, yes, it's a physical thing, but it's like, pay attention to what's going on in your heart. Mm. And, and at the time, it was absolutely true that I wasn't really paying attention to what was really in my heart. I was doing things kind of automatically. 
I was doing things because I thought I should. And so, you know, personally, I think, you know, a lot of people trade a quality of life for a standard of living. And I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it even recently where there's a lot of really wealthy people that are now, that are in their 60s and 70s speaking out, just saying, you know, I I really had it all wrong. Mm. Yes, I acquired all this and I became financially rich and independent and stuff, but gosh, I missed out so much on life and what was really going on during all that time. Right. So it's like kind of like how much do you really need along those lines? Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's something that, you know, the people that tend to be attracted to me and the work that I do are the people who have been doing the having, right? They've been doing a lot of the having, they've been doing a lot of the acquisition, they've been doing a lot of the following the path of the prescribed path. And the closer they get to, or maybe they arrive at whatever destination they were running for, they land and they're like, there's no moment where the skies opened up and the angels sang and I automatically felt, you know, satisfied or peaceful or whatever feeling they were sort of chasing with achievement, right? And so that's where it becomes, oh, okay, <laughs> tried that tactic, didn't work. What what do you got for me, right? Like what else is is possible? So I think that that's a really, it's a huge thing. And I, I think a lot of us, just like you said, it's a human experience, right? We have to go through those things. We're not going to just like arrive at, I would like to do the B thing more just naturally, right? There's usually something that that happens that makes us, right? You were saying like that that flashpoint, or maybe that's not the word you use, but that sort of turning point where, oh, I've been taking this path, thought it was great, arrived to a certain destination, decided, eh, let's do something else. And like, now let's let's switch it up. Defining moment. Yeah, defining moment. But the heart attack was one defining moment. Mm -hmm. The other defining moment is, uh, as an example, is when I was studying music at Portland State University when I was in my early 20s. And it's a long story I'm not going to (laughs) tell now. But I met somebody that, once again, I was really curious about. You know, had something to say that just kind of woke me up a little bit. And I left Portland, Oregon, where I was born and raised, and went to Orcas Island for seven years and studied metaphysics, world religion, and nutrition. Right. And it was like, that was a whole left turn right there. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I wasn't happy at Portland State University because I was studying classical guitar. My teacher outside, you know, was actually a Zen Buddhist gentleman who started most of the guitar lessons with a very short uh, ceremonial tea, tea ceremonial. You know, so that was a, there was a little bit of implanting maybe things that can be done a little bit differently that led to a curiosity after meeting this person and, and going to Orcas for seven years and studying all that stuff, which is still lives in me strongly, you know, in terms of my experience there. So these early experiences we have, I was, in, I was 25 mm. and I was there until 32 and then I bypassed Portland, going back to Portland, and uh, because of a dream I had, I found myself in Santa Fe, New Mexico for 24 years. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and uh, I'm a strong proponent of, you know, people don't just have passion. Mm. They work pretty hard on something, Mm -hmm. and that's where, when passion gets developed. Yeah. 
rather than, hey, I'm really passionate about the environment. Great, what are you doing for it? Well, I'm not really doing anything, but I'm really passionate about the environment. Well, that's not passion. Mm -hmm. That's curiosity that hasn't been right. Uh, that hasn't been engaged in really. I was just going to say the word engagement seems really necessary there. Yeah. Yeah. So got one for you. Question. Oh, something something bubbled up for me as you were talking. Can I talk about it really Absolutely. quickly? Absolutely. So something that you mentioned is I think a really impactful thing to draw out is that concept of, okay, you were in class and there was this ritual of the, the tea ritual, right? And there was something there, right? That's unusual. Most classical guitar teachers are probably not having a tea ritual, right? And this also, I think it's just making me think about, we talked about my background, we talked about your background. These are things that are unusual or different than what might people might classically see or experience. And I think that that's something that is a really important thing for, I'm, I'm just saying it out loud because I think it's an important thing for me to remember, but I think it's also an important thing just for people maybe who are listening to really key into is that it's the unique things. It's like the little unique things that hook us in to a person or an experience when it's something that we are that like, oh, I haven't seen that before. or Oh, that's slightly different. I think that there's a lot of, especially, you know, what has my attention, right? That has your attention when something is a little bit off, right? Or something a little bit different, right? You get drawn in that because you're used to just scanning the horizon and everything looks the same. And all of a sudden you're like, what's that? Like, I want to know about that. This is this is another one of those like sideways tangents where I was like in the internet Googling things and I fell down a rabbit hole, but I, I was really glad I did fall down this rabbit hole. So there's this uh, this artist named Halsey, and she did a recent album where she collaborated with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from the Nine Inch Nails. Maybe people are familiar with these people, maybe they're not, doesn't really matter. What was really interesting about, what was impactful about this interview they did with her is that she said, you know, Trent listened to the record, the music that she was making for her most recent album and said, you know what, here's the deal. And I am, you can find the quotes about this, right? If you look it up, the, I am paraphrasing from what was impactful for me, right? So don't quote me on this. He said to her, you know what? This album is good as is, okay? It's fine, but you have an opportunity here. You can either have that album that sounds good playing in the background of a party, or you can have an album that makes an impact, that kind of makes people have to listen. Like that, that basically they can't just listen to passively. They have to actually listen to actively because it's saying something. And if that's what you're going for, we can do something here and you're going to have to trust me because we're going to make some weird choices. And she said to her, she said that that was very impactful for her. And I thought that was also very impactful. It's like, you can do this. Yes, you can do the sort of, you know, what blends in with the background, what everybody else is doing. There's safety there, right? And for a lot of us, there's a certain flavor, like we got to throw a spice in, right? Like I can't just eat the taco without like throwing the hot sauce. I, I don't put hot sauce on my taco because I don't like hot sauce. But, you know, like there has to be some sort of flavor infusion in what we do that fuels that authentic piece of us. And so I think there's been bits and pieces about that that have been coming up during this conversation that I feel like is important. Just I to was not going to interrupt you, but my favorite album that has my attention is Halsey. Have you seen the album cover? She's, I'm sorry, she's brilliant. Like, brilliant. She's brilliant, and I have so much respect for her on the album cover. It's a it's a picture of her, hold, if I have this right, a picture of her holding a baby. It is the picture of the Madonna. Mm -hmm. And her breast is revealed. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's like, that's brave. 
And the name of the, the album, if I remember correctly, is If I Can't Have Love, Give Me Power. Exactly. And it's just so, and she did a whole cinematic production with the album. And that's what I, yeah. And it's actually on HBO or something. I started watching yeah. it and it's. I mean, it's like. Yeah. And, and actually brilliant. the name of the album is If I Can't Have Power, I, no, excuse me. What was it? If, if I can't have love, give me power. Yeah. If I can't have love, I want power. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which is different. Right. But it's a beautiful movie. And it's the first movie I've seen where a musician, I thought it was a movie. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, but it's not. It's really an album. How do I say this? An album put to a movie. Yes. I mean, it, it you know, it kind of reminds me of Across the Universe. Have you seen that film? I don't know that I have. Okay. So it the music behind it is certain pieces of music from the Beatles. Mm, okay. Yep. And it is the best, in my opinion, given my age, the best story. Mm. And really, with that music put to it, of the culture during and bef- before and during and after the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. So across the universe, got to see it. It's really, really, it's. Yeah. So look where this conversation took us. Yep. So I do want to wind it up. Sad. I mean, it's, it's good, can, but <laughs> I'm having a good time. So can, yeah. I know. Well, we can do it. We can do it again. But when I say wind it up, we still have two hours. That's what I meant by that. No, I'm just kidding. I have another appointment. But given what we've talked about and, you know, the title of your website and everything else is uh, Fortitude and Flow, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you an opportunity to name this episode. What comes to mind? Well, I, I think the original thing I had come up with was just flat out fortitude and flow which is great which is great i'm taking i'm taking a moment just to to chew on that question again and see if there's anything else that's bubbling to the surface maybe if you yeah you can be silent with it and meanwhile i'll say you know people can always go to whathasmyattention.com and there's a little button down there in the bottom right and you can leave us an audio message and uh, suggest a title for this i love that yeah. Yeah. Or send us a message, contact form, whatever. Yeah, totally. And if something comes up for you, is anything coming up? Um, there's something. <laughs> this yeah. is cracking me up. I don't know that it's it, but it's something like add some spice. You know, like there's something about just something that's not quite white bread. It's got flavor to it. It's something about that, mm-hmm. about the flavor of something. Okay, so you can uh, shoot me an email or, or text or whatever later. We have several weeks before this will be released. So, so people can hear that, you know, they'll be on the journey with us, you know, depending on what, yeah. what this is actually named by the time it comes out. Yeah, put in those uh, earbuds and, and uh, come along. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What else do you want to, what else do you want to talk about? Seriously, anything, uh, anything coming up? I think it's just a good, it feels like a good appetizer almost, you know, like this mm. conversation feels like an appetizer to me. It's sort of like mm-hmm. touching upon I a bunch agree. of things. And it feels it feels like a good point to just let it all let it all. Well, here's what I'm gonna suggest. Yeah. How did you hear about me? I heard about you through, I believe it was Patty Block. I think that's true. And how did Patty Block find out about me? Do you know? I believe that Patty Block found out about you through Lisa Pachance. That's correct. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring us all on together. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be it'd be Lisa, Patty, you, uh, Jess Lilly. I love this. You know Jess? 
I don't know Joss, no. There's also Jamie Martin, who was an episode I just released mm-hmm. on, you know, how to, I, I can't remember the exact title, but it's how to be a female voice in a room full of men. Ooh. 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 Tasty. Good. Love that. Toast. Oh, t- so tasty. Yeah. You, th- you think yeah. this is spicy. Well, anyway. <laughs> So, Audrey, what else would you like to? Uh, what else would you like to leave people? Do you have a? Uh, do you have something you think people need to hear? Um, like Elena Armio. I don't know if you know Elena, but one of her great questions is: is if you found yourself in front of a room of, of people, what would be the one thing that you would want to mm-hmm. tell them? That maybe you you would like to say, but you're maybe kind of fearful of saying it. Right. What, but what would it be? My main go-to on this, and I think I'll just say it now because it it really, we didn't even touch on this much, but this is really like a big piece of how I see the world. And a lot of the stuff we're talking about too is like, you're not perfect. And let's talk about how to deal with that because that is a big topic, I will say, that I have a lot of interest in and that I have a lot to say about that we maybe just scratched the surface of today, but that that's what I would say. We just scratched it. And that is the tagline on your website. Mm-hmm. And I love it because there no such thing as perfection. Mm-hmm. Might be. But people are trying real hard. Oh, gosh. I wish I had time to continue. I don't. So do you still have the link to reschedule? I'm sure I do. I can find it. You can always do that. We'll do that. I, all right. So people out there, you can always interact with us on whathasmyattention.com. And like I said, there's a little button on the bottom right. You can leave us a voice message. And you can certainly find this podcast and the other ones I do also anywhere you get your audio. And I'll give you a tip when you're searching. So basically, you can search for a title of a podcast on your app or even on Google. But the other thing that gets indexed is the host and the guest's name. So if you really like what Audrey had to say today, you could uh, do a search in your podcast app for Audrey Holst, H-O-L-S-T. Mm-hmm. And you'll find every other podcast that she's been on. It's a good group. It's great. Audrey, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for this conversation, John. This is great. It is continuing to be great. Thanks.